0: time to start thank god it's friday you're listening to tgif the horror movie podcast that brings you all the casual conversations about your favorite or not so favorite horror movies with your host me kat this week i am joined by writer at movie john a body horror expert and lover and co-host of the killer bees movie podcast tori potenza welcome
1: hello uh, body horror expert is like yeah. all I've ever wanted to be
0: called. <laughs> Whenever I'm looking for body horror stuff, I'm like, well, what's uh, what's Tori doing at the oh, moment?" Yeah.
1: I am honored. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on. I have been so excited.
0: I am, I am so excited. Uh, so, tell us a little bit about everything that you do in horror, because I know you are doing so many different things at the moment.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, so I I have been a staff writer at Movie John for about two years, maybe three years now. Um, Movie John it combined with uh, Cinema 76, who I used to write for, so it gets a little muddied. It has how long I've actually been there, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I have been, like, writing film reviews for a few years now, uh, but a couple months into to writing for Cinema 76, I started my Cronenberg on Sex and Gender column, which is uh, probably one of my favorite things that I write. Uh, and then uh, last year, I also started a Women Who Kill column, which uh, focuses on, uh, you know, women killers in mostly horror, but, like, a variety of films and kind of talks about, like, how they're perceived, what their motivations are, and kind of, like, delve into some of those, um, especially, like, gender uh themes that come up there. Um and then, you know, I'm also a contributor for uh Hero scream Volume 2, which I am Yay! so excited about. <laughs> uh and we'll continue writing about Cronenberg uh in a, a more personal way, which has been uh, a really fun challenge since I feel like I don't really write a lot of personal pieces. So this has actually been uh, a really interesting uh writing experiment for me, which I'm excited about.
0: Yeah. I remember yeah. you posting about your aunt buying a shirt and being like, "Oh, I don't know how she's going to feel about my essay." <laughs>
1: she's so supportive, and I'm I love like, it. "Oh, there is a lot of stuff that you will learn about me from this uh, that we might not talk about at typical family functions." But <laughs> yeah,
0: just read it. Send me a text if you need <laughs> yeah. to.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's fine.
0: <laughs> That's how I felt writing mine, but because mine's more my my essay last year was more of like a comedic piece like laughing at myself so a little bit self-deprecating when my family read it they were just like ah oh, typical cat <laughs> like it's fine <laughs> yeah, that's like, all right yes, it makes sense. yeah makes sense why she is the way she is <laughs> uh so this episode we're going to be talking about crimes of the future which I am so excited about because most of the information that I got about this film was probably from like you and like two other people on Twitter and that was enough to get me excited. So I was like, I love Cronenberg. Um, I've been endeavoring to watch as many Cronenberg films as possible. Although I did watch Metropolis and fell asleep. Um,
1: <laughs> I haven't watched Metropolis yet, but I'm interested. Cause uh, I, I do like some r stuff, so we'll see. Him and Cronenberg yeah. seem like an interesting combination. So
0: Yeah. Yeah. I did like, um, what was it? I watched Existence and I loved that. Mm. That was existence cool. Existence is
1: so interesting, um, especially compared to Videodrome. I feel like it's a really easy one to kind of like draw comparisons to. Um, but yeah, it's like that evolution of like, oh, and now like we got to like move to the twenty first century. So now we're talking about like video games as opposed to like uh, <laughs> you know videotapes because people don't really use those too too much anymore. Uh, yeah. yeah,
0: I loved the concept of existence, like this, uh, you know, virtual reality and living in these simulations and. And the violence that occurs within them that can impact what's going on outside, and yeah, it's so. If anyone who hasn't seen Existence, go and watch that before Crimes of the Future because it's kind of like a they call them companion films at this mm. point. So probably watch Video Drone, then Existence, and then Crime of the, Crimes of the Future because I think you'll yeah. see a lot of the different themes across all three.
1: There's also like uh, little bits of Crash and Dead Ringers in. And- uh, crimes of the Future that I really grappled onto because those are two of like my other favorite Kernerberg. So yeah, I haven't watched. It was Crash. pretty cool just to see him like deal with a lot of different themes like throughout his filmography, and then all of that being Crimes of the Future. <laughs>
0: and then all of it. Here you go. Yep, because you're just it is a bombardment of um, uh, themes of uh, control, authoritarianism, mm-hmm. um, what else? Uh, conformity, non-conformity, and so like for myself. As a sociologist, um, I really enjoyed this for those types of themes because it's just so in your face about, um, you know, these different ideologies that were occurring and contrasting against one another across the film.
1: Yeah, and I, I read your piece and I really loved it, and I was really right. excited too that you had this like sp- these specific themes that you really like gravitated towards in Cronenberg. So I'm like, oh, those are really different than the themes I usually gravitate towards in the Cronenberg. So uh, I love to like kind of fill in the gaps in these conversations with the different themes yeah. that we are really interested in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I I find that Cronenberg just does such a fantastic job of talking about control specifically, and different like institutions of control and how. They, uh, you know, transcend through time and across all his films as well, not just his horror stuff. So it's really fascinating.
1: Yeah, I mean, we watched uh, Eastern Promises recently and then also uh, A Dangerous Method, which I think is really great, even though it's not a horror movie. But, you know, because so much of his films are like, like psychosexual and stuff, it like made so much sense for him to do a film on Carl Jung and uh, Sigmund Freud. And there's so much of Kernenberg in that, too, uh, which is really exciting to see.
0: I have read so much about that movie and like I have it to watch and I just haven't watched it yet, but I'm just, I love what I read about it because I love reading, you know, analysis, like, analysis of film and I've just been so into what people have to say about it that I've forgotten to watch it. And I'm just like, okay, I've got to get it. i got to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to watch this movie. If it yeah. kills me.
1: <laughs> It'll happen.
0: It will. It's, I've got it here somewhere. It's in my DVD collection over there. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, a little bit about crimes of the future so it is a 2022 it only came out in what april this year may
1: i think may is when at least i saw it in theaters yeah. So yeah
0: it's only just come to australian theaters so australian listeners if you have an independent theater near you it'll be there i know it's showing at newtown Dendy. if anyone lives in that area <laughs> i've considered going to see it on the big screen um, it is written and directed by David Cronenberg, stars Viggo Mortensen, Lea Seydoux, Seydoux and uh, Kristen Stewart. And although it does share a title with Cronenberg's 1970s film, it's not a remake and the concepts are totally too different. So I haven't seen that version, uh, but I've been meaning to. But because it's, I thought maybe it was another companion piece, like Existence, but it's not. So I don't know. Have you have you seen that that one
1: yeah um i actually arrow put out a collection of like early cronenberg uh and so i i watched this before crimes of the future just being like i know they're not the same but we'll see and uh i watched it with my partner and we just sat there being profoundly disturbed by a lot of the themes of that Ooh. film um, okay including like some pedophilia uh within it i was like Ooh. Oh, all right this is yeah it was not my favorite it might be one that I feel like I need to revisit a little bit later on maybe just in like the greater like you know scheme of Cronenberg but um, yeah yeah, this Crimes of the Future uh, is is much better and I think more (laughs) engaging and interesting
0: yeah (laughs) but it is uh, so this Crimes of the Future is the return of Cronenberg into science fiction and horror since existence in 1999 So after Existence came Spider, which was in 2001. I really enjoyed that film. It's more of a psychological thriller. Uh, Obviously Metropolis um, and then like a bazillion other films that were more in the uh, like science fiction. uh, Well, not even science fiction, just that psychological, like you were saying, the psychosexual element of, Mm. of Cronenberg's work.
1: Yeah, it's like, yeah, you have like some crime films and then, yeah, Dangerous Method is also like, just like, you know, uh, kind of like historical fiction, uh, which mm. is an interesting thing for Cronenberg to to delve into also. Um, and then, yeah, he takes a long break. And I think even a few years ago, there were interviews with him saying he didn't think he was ever going to direct a movie again. And now he is back. And I am thrilled.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I hope there's more to come after this. And if there's not, like, I think Crimes of the Future is a high note to, to end on.
1: I think I feel like he's talked about two films one I can't remember and another I think is going to be an adaptation of the book he wrote called Consumed which I haven't read oh
0: I know the one you're talking about yes oh I I it's in my cart to buy and (laughs) I keep forgetting to buy it I'm just like I'll get it I'll get it eventually it's in my Amazon cart um it's just because it's expensive here it's like 45 dollars I was like, most books are like in the $20 range. And I was like, $45. I was like, I can't justify that at the moment. So. I
1: think that's fair. I feel like if you come to the US, I can probably find you a pretty cheap (laughs) paperback somewhere. Uh, Yes, please. (laughs) Please. Maybe I'll just wait
0: till then. So the film is set in an unspecified future and the disastrous effects of pollution and climate change have compelled the creation of significant advances in biotechnology, including the inventions of machines and computers uh, that basically interface with the body and control bodily functions. Because uh, humans have kind of lost their ability to do these things because of biological changes that they don't know where it's come from. So the most significant among these changes is the disappearance of physical pain and infectious diseases for most people, which allows for surgery to be safely performed on conscious people in everyday settings and also performative settings. But other humans have experienced more radical alterations to their physiology. So humans have started to adapt to this synthetic environment and their bodies have started to transform and mutate so uh, performance artist Sol Tensor and his performance partner Caprice basically showcase these uh changes that are happening um because he has uh the ability to grow organs out of nowhere basically through a an evolution that's occurred to him called accelerated uh what is it accelerated organ something oh, it's i know
1: i definitely have it syndrome
0: down, accelerated organ yeah. syndrome yeah and they also call them uh neo organs so tensor and caprice basically do a bit of avant-garde performances by removing souls tensors uh organs that she has tattooed which i find really fascinating
1: yeah i found the tattoo aspect of it really interesting especially on a rewatch i kept like thinking mm. about that um because then there's even like some discussion of like what those tattoos should look like and what is considered Mm. like art for for the tattoos on the the body and what isn't uh which I I was like oh we're getting like really in depth with what's happening yeah
0: (laughs) the second rewatch I was like I'm watching I there's because I watched uh Crimes of the Future and wrote my piece without a rewatch so Mm. it was like an initial impression the piece that I wrote Uh, which for listeners, you can find on Hear Us Scream. I published it there. I was going to pitch it, but then I was like, ah, stuff it. I can't be bothered. (laughs) I can't be bothered going through the pitching process. I've already written it. I'm going to post it. Um, And yeah, so uh, I watched this over three nights. So I watched like 40 minutes at a time um, and then wrapped it up this morning, like with some notes and stuff. And Like watching it in those short bursts, I feel like I was exposed to so much more than what I would have if I just sat and watched it. Because like afterwards I'd sit and like write what I thought about it and like was making sure I was describing things the right way. Because there is a lot that goes on in this film. There's lots of scene changes. There's lots of different conversations that go on. And so this conversation might appear uh, chaotic, but the film is. So yeah.
1: Uh, I my I know my notes are chaotic
0: because yeah, I, my t- yeah,
1: I <laughs> took like five pages of notes because I kept pausing the movie and had to write down exactly what they were saying because the yeah. quotes were so good and I was like I know this will come in handy because I'm gonna write about this movie at some point
0: and so yeah all I, oh, I can't but... wait
1: <laughs> oh god there's just so much like oh and this is an idea that Cronenberg had and some of it's just like random lines that like
0: they don't even <laughs> I just write this but I'm like
1: it's fascinating I need to <laughs> need to jot it down. <laughs> But I got to see this in theaters, uh, oh, that would have been and so, so good. it was the first like new Cronenberg I had ever seen in theaters. I saw like a repertory screening of The Brood a few years ago, which was oh wow. Uh, I remember like I got to the theater and I was sitting there, and then it really hit me like oh like I am actually going to see like a new Cronenberg in theaters, and I got really emotional when I saw his oh. uh, name come on the screen. I was I was. In yeah, and then I was just like in awe of the movie when I watched it. Uh, I just like the, let the whole thing wash over me, uh, but then I couldn't remember like anything, so then yeah. I just needed to take down these furious notes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Furiously at my desk yeah. every night. Um, <laughs> so the film opens up to a shipwreck laying in a bay with a uh, while a small boy digs into the sand on the shore outside his home. His mother calls out to him and tells him that she doesn't want him eating anything outside. She doesn't care what it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, Later in the evening, we see the young boy who is named Brecken. He is brushing his teeth and he sits down on the floor next to the toilet and starts to eat the plastic trash can while his mother watches him from the door, disgusted. Later that evening, Brecken is sleeping and his mother takes a pillow and smothers him to death. Full on like
1: I, it is, I was yeah. Am yeah in shock i was just like oh wow we are starting the movie with a child death okay
0: okay we're in we're in yep. and it's like the, the strange thing is because i don't um i don't have my own children i think i should find this more shocking than what i did and i was like yeah. oh that sucks. I mean,
1: Cronenberg has, I feel like, an interesting relationship with, like, mothers in general, because the brood yeah. is kind of about, like, his divorce and his wife who tried to, like, take their daughter to a religious cult. Oh, uh, wow. And so, yeah, like, he... I didn't I think, realize that has... was what it was about. Yeah, and so I think he's got some, like, deep-seated, like... Like mother of my child issues and so uh, I have you seen rewatch, spider like,
0: yeah oh no I haven't okay oh okay <laughs> well I won't ruin that then but it's okay. definitely about a mentally ill man who has um some trauma because of his his relationship with his mother so okay. I feel like yep that's definitely a theme throughout Cronenberg's films then oh
1: okay I can't wait to watch that just for yeah that it's really that.
0: I really enjoyed it um okay cool. Yeah. So a call comes through to the house and the mother, whose name is Juna, answers, telling the other person, we don't know who's on the phone, that the thing that Lang calls his son will be in the house. I've left him. That thing, that creature that he calls his son. Later that night, we see Lang, who's played by Scott Speedman, I think. Yeah, which I could Freeman? not
1: believe. Yeah. yeah.
0: I was like, oh, wow, I love this guy.
1: I know. I was like, I don't think I've seen you in anything since the Underworld movies, but sure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think that was probably the last scene he was in. Yep. Um, and he comes to the house to discover Brecken dead in his bed. And Lang is absolutely devastated. So we, we have no idea what is going on uh, at this point. We also see Juna crying after she gets off the phone. So is she upset about what she's done? Is there some remorse? We don't know.
1: Yeah, I feel like she definitely is a very interesting, complicated character that we probably yeah. don't get enough insight into with some of this.
0: Yeah. I know there's lots of, and, and I'll I'll just say that this now, that there is conversations later about Juna Dotrice. Mm-hmm. And so we do get a lot more context about what was going on and everything uh, Everything comes together. You Just trust Cronenberg's process. <laughs> yes. So uh, we are taken to a room with a machine that is suspended from a, from the roof. There's lots of cords that look like umbilical cords that run into a capsule, uh, which is actually the bed that Saul Tenser sleeps in. So his uh, performance partner Caprice wakes him up and asks him how he slept. He says that the machine is no longer anticipating his pain and might need a software update. She t- uh, Caprice tells Saul that uh, she has discovered that there is a new hormone in his bloodstream which may have caused the changes in the software. And she'll need to call Lifeform for them to send out some t- technicians and have a maintenance check of the bed. So they kind of have... I feel like they have a really complicated relationship because we don't really ever see a moment where it's solidified for us.
1: Mm.
0: And yeah, and I kind of yeah it's confusing isn't it
1: yeah and I think like in the world of this movie I don't know if we really see any I guess like traditional kind of relationships which I think considering like you know you know surgery and sex are kind of synonymous in this movie too it's like yeah maybe like the way we think about relationships isn't even something that is happening in this kind of future yeah because uh, they Absolutely. do, I feel like they have, they play like several roles for each other throughout it. Like they, they definitely are very codependent, which is an interesting aspect of it yeah. while there is all this other stuff going on.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. Really fascinating. And, and like you said, there is no, there's no affection shown throughout mm-hmm. the, the movie. There's nothing really sexual throughout the film, but there is not in yes. the traditional <laughs> sense, <laughs> not in the way that we, what we call sexual anyway. And yeah. And it's just very fascinating. Uh, Caprice conducts an ultrasound on Tensor to see what is happening inside of him and they discover that he is growing a new organ. It is an endocrine system looking organ and it appears to be functioning. So Tenser says that the new organ is shifting his pain sectors and the bed's computer can no longer predict his pain. So this is where we find out that some people still experience pain uh, because they haven't lost their ability to yet because they are evolving to the point where they don't have pain receptors and, and a like a nervous system in that sense and so tensor is one of the people that is still um experiencing like older generations of evolution in a sense
1: yeah which uh it makes him kind of an oddity in this uh, very interesting figure especially in the community that he is a part of in the film uh because he seems to be so different and even like a little, like, curmudgeon compared to everyone else that is, like, a part of this, like, artistic scene of the film, which I find very funny. He just seems, like, very, like, over it and grumpy with yeah. everything that's going on.
0: Well, he feels pain, he can't eat, he suffers yeah. from allergies, he's sick all the time, and it's like, he's the only person that is, ex- he's very isolated in that sense, because he mm-hmm. is on- only a few people that do experience the old evolutionary path that that they were taking until this point
1: yeah like that's that's interesting like who can even really relate to him and what he's going through because i i don't even know if you if you can really describe what pain is to someone that like does not feel doesn't pain. feel it yeah. yeah
0: and there are people out in the world that don't feel pain which is terrifying yeah. because yes. i think it's just a real um it's like a not a humbling thing but like a solidifying your reality and who you are and that we are temporary in a way
1: yeah it detaches you a little a little bit from like i guess like human experience as we know it uh yeah which is interesting yeah
0: yeah far out (laughs) (laughs) oh trust me after every yeah these conversations i end up going and having like a 20 minute existential crisis Oh, it's, yeah. it's just normal. It's <laughs> normal. That's fine. It's part of the
1: process. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is actually where they have their discussion about the artwork that's going to go on the new organ. And of jokes about doing like a traditional tattoo, like an anchor or a heart with mum in the banner. And, you know, it's it's really fascinating because like as someone who is tattooed and you yourself know that mm-hmm. these kinds of tattoos are really popular. It's um, But it's kind of like the generic as well in a way, like the Sailor Jerry style tattoo. And we're, it's very common, and Caprice is like, oh, that's that's not art. Like,
1: yeah, like, we, we can't do that. That's that's too old school. Why would we want that?
0: Yeah, why would we want to bring that to, like, our, you know, out there um, futuristic style of performance?
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, Caprice also does mention that the registry wouldn't approve of it. So mm. there is a mention of the registry. Uh, we don't know what the registry is at this point. So, interesting. Yes. <laughs> The registry was a big focal point of my, of what I wrote. So about um, authoritarianism and control. So yeah, I really enjoyed talking about that, which is cool.
1: Yeah. I can't wait to, to get into the registry.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so at breakfast, we see Tensa sitting in a machine that helps basically move his whole body so that he can chew, swallow and digest his food. So th- there, uh, it's meant to like help his sis like move food move it's really odd you have to actually visibly see it because his body isn't functioning to be able to eat like everybody else
1: yeah it's like i don't know it helps like jostle his body in a way (laughs) that it can like actually digest it uh but then but then this and the bed and some other things all in the movie too like they all look like they are human in some sort of way because they're all like fleshy and they have like yeah. skeletal systems which uh, is something that is also a part of Existence in a big way yeah. too where it's like the video games themselves are just these like fleshy sacks that people are carrying around which is so That
0: port into a hole in their back and it's like oh yeah. <laughs> And I think that that's why I really love the fact that these two feel like companion films because yes. of that little pod that controls everything and in the performance art um, they also have a very similar pod and i was like oh that's so cool i saw that in existence i love that so it was, it was oh awesome. i know and
1: it like changes colors i yeah
0: <laughs> all the neon lights in it what the hell so good <laughs> tensor and caprice leave their house uh, and i love that you can never really tell what time of day it is because it's just always dark <laughs> like all the time
1: yeah, and it's kind of always barren, too. Yeah, you don't mm. get any sort of, like, signals as to, like, oh, this is what's going on, or, you know, everything looks really, like, uh, like desolate as they get yeah. into places, too, and dusty, and, yeah, it's very strange.
0: Yeah, and it's, like, their houses look like Tatooine houses. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, which I guess, you know, even, uh, I guess, kind of, like, clues you into, like, the state of this, like, futuristic world, uh, where yeah. it is, like... Yeah, it's advanced in these ways, but also the planet itself looks like it is, like, dying.
0: Yeah. And I think, yeah, it definitely is, because it's just, yeah, it looks depressing. (laughs) So they head to the registry and are greeted by Whippet, who works as an investigator at the National Organ Registry, and they are also introduced to Timlin, who is played by Kristen Smith, who is this very timid, an awkward individual. Uh, she's very fascinating, I, I think.
1: Her performance, like, I am not a huge Kristen Stewart person, mostly Me because too. I grew up with, like, Twilight. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> hard to forget Twilight. Uh, mm. But uh, I really liked her in this movie. I mm. felt like she really kind of, like, uh, I don't know. There was something about her performance where I'm like, oh, you get what, like, being into Cronenberg movie is like, and you're really bringing that, just this, like, weird... Like, her and, uh, her, like, the other guy that works there at the registry with her are both, like, have this, like, weird kind of, like, perverted energy, which I find, yeah. like, really interesting in their performances.
0: And you definitely see a lot more of that as there's, like, individual interactions with Whippet and Timlin, and you see yes. that they're just real creepy people.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I just, like, love these, like, creepy bureaucrats. Like, yeah. that's, like, their deal. <laughs>
0: Because bureaucrats are creepy.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh,
0: So Caprice explains to investigators that they are new to this whole process of having to register organs. And Tenser tells them that he has come in because he knows that it's important to register these neo-organs and track um, their development and whatnot. So he tells them that the government is worried, well, Whippet tells both of them that the government is worried that evolution has taken a different route and that only a lucky few lucky individuals feel pain anymore because they have evolved, because um, everybody else has evolved past needing a warning system. So he's just like, no, we should be feeling pain, but we don't, and it's weird that we don't.
1: Yeah, and yeah, I mean, they even just that conversation about like, Uh, we're like we're scared of what human evolution is becoming and i think the pain is like something that is a little scary on the surface but just the Mm -hmm. idea of the government like being able to see this evolution taking place in humans and finding out how they can control that and like also like labeling it like this is bad like this is something that needs to be controlled and we're doing it for your good and so you never actually get a chance to know like but what if this is just what is supposed to happen? Like, yeah. this is the next stage of human
0: evolution? evolution. Too yeah, bad, we should deal with it. Just
1: embrace that. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, it's like weird and creepy, and it'll probably change a lot of like the, the new order, which I'm sure is also very scary to these, like, you know, governmental systems in place too, which I just find really fascinating.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because I'm anti authoritarian, and I'm, I'm oh, sure yeah. everybody is. But it's uh, it's interesting to see a lot of the control that is happening already in our governments being mm-hmm. reflected in these particular departments that are in the film.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I live in the United States, so uh, yes, I do know what it is like for the government <laughs> to try to control your body.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's terrifying. And it's so, it's so funny because uh, when I first watched the film and then wrote about it, they had just handed down the Roe v. Wade uh, decision. And I was yeah. like, oh, get the fuck out. If they tried to do that here they they the country would be burnt down
1: yeah i mean I, and i'm sure it's happening have, there <laughs> yeah i wish we had that like a uh, mob mentality when it counted for things like this yeah. where i'm like are we not gonna uprise now like this isn't the thing where we're gonna like grab pitchforks and like actually like destroy yeah. governmental buildings no okay <laughs>
0: Because if they it still have that here, how
1: bad it gets.
0: Like they just have to mention something about making it illegal here, and it just go bad. It'd go south very quick. Yeah, we need we need that Australian energy. <laughs> yeah. you can, we'll, we'll come on over. That's all right. Yeah, please. Because it's just. just like we've got other shit to like worry about, like the Catholic Church and their pedophilia that's going on at the moment, mm, and yeah. like um Indigenous people dying in in you know in bloody what's the word custody like we've got mm. other, we've got other shit to worry about we've got to worry about uh our immigration system for refugees being you know fixed so like yeah. we're worrying about other things at the moment if they tried to bring up abortion as like a thing <laughs> they're gonna like discuss everyone would be like ah fuck off yeah. Yeah. we've got yeah, other shit to out. do at the moment do we're not controlling bodies we're not uh, doing yeah. that here but I mean like there is a small constituent of people that want to like there's this crazy politician that has been voted in for like 30 years in a row Ooh, yeah. Um, he's just like a lifelong politician in his area. And he, he congratulated the United States on the Roe v. Wade decision and whatever. And that, and you know what that put him on the radar and now people are going to be coming for him. <laughs> it's like, if you well, said okay. nothing, you probably would have been voted in next time, but because yeah. you said something, you've now made a fool of yourself. Like yeah, people are going to come up, for you man? now. You're <laughs> to just shut up. You're just shut your face. Uh,
1: a lot of people could just shut up, but no.
0: Yeah. It's like you could have had a really cushy life for like the next couple of years until you are deceased because you're all that decrepit and old. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now the millennials and Gen Z know you exist <laughs> in your area and that's bad. bad yeah, you don't want
1: them to know about you.
0: You don't, they, you don't want them to know. They're voting you age don't now, you Z's dickhead. You. you don't want Gen <laughs> Z coming for you. Absolutely not. No. Please don't. <laughs> yeah. I want to watch your annihilation so maybe say something. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it might be fun.
0: Yeah, it's, I love it. I love Gen Z. <laughs> I'm so proud of them.
1: Oh, yeah, like, please, like, do better than us.
0: Oh, they, they already are. Yeah, like, they are, it's true. <laughs> they wiped the floor with us ages ago. <laughs> um, Ugh, so true. <laughs> so um, they're discussing these organs, and Caprice is something really fascinating. And so this tells me exactly how far the government has gone in telling people what these organs are because she says they're basically tumors why would you want to keep them they could kill you so that tells me that maybe there's been some proper propaganda going on about like what these neo organs do so. yeah
1: and it also like begs the question because she is a performance artist but is obviously doing these tests like when she goes into his room and is like oh i've like noticed this new hormone and so it's like it's like on the verge of like being a doctor and understanding medicine but also there's probably a lot that she doesn't understand but in this new world is able to like do so yeah like maybe she looks at an organ and has no idea what that is which is yeah. a little terrifying considering that she's just like you know in in your body like messing around with stuff messing
0: around <laughs> taking stuff out <laughs> yeah
1: like i don't know if i needed that like are you sure Ah, uh, take it out yeah
0: you don't need I'll that fine. get it out oh no. <laughs> Timlin is immediately interested in the relationship between Tensa and Caprice, uh, asking what their connection is. And Caprice explains that they are performance artists and that she removes the organs live in front of an audience. We also find out that Caprice was a surgeon in her past career and she worked as a trauma surgeon. And that's how she met Tensa in the unit that she worked in. So she does have an idea, but depending on what their medical training is, like you said, she might not know what those things are.
1: Yeah, I actually kind of forgot about that conversation, but specifically yeah. being a trauma surgeon is also, like, such an interesting detail for her. Uh, and them meeting that way. I, I wish I knew, like, a little bit more but about... But
0: more about how and why? Yeah. yeah. Maybe because he was growing all these ridiculous... all these ridiculous organs. Yeah, she <laughs> was they... like, whoa. Whoa, you have these <laughs> organs, give them to me. <laughs> Gotta take them out. Yeah, they can't be here. They're out. Um, So... The investigators, uh, again, uh, ultrasound. Tim, uh, well, Timlin and Whippet investigate tensors uh, organ. Um, they use these really cool equipment that looks pre, like pre nineteen fifties medicine stuff, which I find really interesting.
1: Yeah. But they're using
0: these like older looking technology, but it's way better than what we have, and I just think that's cool.
1: Yeah, because it's it's tiny too, and they're just able yeah. to like see what's going on, like what looks like it almost looks like a tiny like microphone or something. Yeah, it's like, it's like a camera that they can see through. Because uh, so like Grace cool. has that ring one that she's using in to the film. Room. Yeah, yeah,
0: which is really cool as well. The tech, like the technology, looks so old. Yeah, and it's just like that's cool. I
1: think it's so. it's a it's little cool. bit like you mentioned Tatooine, and like it is a little bit like Star Wars, where it's like yeah. uh, it is obviously like evolved past where we are currently, but like s- the technology that they have is like growing old, and so it like looks dated, even though it's still yeah. futuristic, which is such an interesting toe to uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's it's so interesting to toe that line, yeah,
0: yeah, and I think Cronenberg does that really well all the time, anyway. I agree. Uh, caprice asks them what the registration process is and whippet explains that organs are tattooed and kept track of through the registry and that they fear that the organs may establish themselves genetically and pass uh, and be passed down from parents to the next generation causing them to no longer be considered human uh i don't understand why they think that human evolution means you're not human
1: yeah it yeah i mean that is interesting just like they've gotten to a point where they can see the body changing in such a significant way, like right in front of their eyes that then they pass judgment on that with the like societal view of like what makes you a human. And apparently having an extra organ is something that's like, Ooh, I don't know.
0: (laughs) But I mean like people get born with extra fingers.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: What's the difference between having an extra organ?
1: But yeah, it, it like you mentioned too. Like, if there has been this like propaganda that's going on, it's yeah. interesting kind of to think of some of the things they say as these like spiel's they've heard in the past. From
0: it feels like in. like a marketing yeah. spiel where they like don't want to do that because it's bad.
1: Yeah, and people are just like, "Who told you that? <laughs> Why did you hear that from? <laughs> what, what? What? Are you sure?
0: Yeah, that sounds like uh, a marketing pamphlet to me." Yeah. <laughs> So while recording the process, Timlin interrupts Caprice and tells her that she cannot record in the in the registry. That um, basically the department doesn't exist, so everything needs to be kept secret for now. Later that evening, Caprice tells Tensa that she shouldn't have invited the technicians to their show and that Timlin is creepy.
1: Yeah, uh, fair. Yeah,
0: yeah, fair judgment on that one. <laughs>
1: you were right.
0: My absolute favorite characters, the life form technicians, arrive at the house. Yes. And they're helping to reconfigure Tensor's bed through some software updates and recalibration of the code. And while they're doing that, one of them discovers that Tensor has a SARC unit in the house and they're really excited about it because this is an autopsy unit that they've converted in for their performance art. And apparently it's one of the most complex units that Lifeform has ever created and they consider it to be absolutely legendary. They're they're obsessed. They love it. Um, Yeah, like
1: it's part kink. But also like yeah. seems like religious in some way too, where it's yeah. like this artifact that they're like, Oh my god, you have the Sark unit.
0: <laughs> and that funny that you say that because there is a shot that uh the camera takes of the Sark unit where it like slowly grow like follows mm-hmm. along. It feels like a scene out of an alien film. Um <laughs> and and you can see like the way that they do worship these types of machinery and and um because it's all like predictable uh technology and whatnot and um it's just incredibly uh grotesquely human in a way and it does look like a sarcophagus because that's why it's called a sarc unit because it looks like an ancient egyptian like sarcophagus in a way like it's modeled after that type of um uh, artifact
1: yeah, and it looks, uh, yeah, I mean, it it looks so simplistic, but then obviously does this very, I mean, it does, like, autopsies, which is uh, just wild that there is just yeah. a machine unit that is made to do autopsies.
0: Yeah, it's so crazy. I absolutely, I love the technology that they use in this, because it just looks primitive, but also looks so futuristic at the same time. It's It's odd.
1: Yeah because some of it looks like it's trying to I don't know like look more natural like it's something like it's technology that is like emulating things you would find in nature because I even a little bit thought about like uh, this in relation to like like beetles like some of it almost looks like insects too uh, which is a big thing in Naked Lunch Uh, there's like all of like the cockroaches and stuff Um, so I was like oh that's interesting the idea too of like as we evolve technologically things start to look more natural or human um with the uh, the SARP unit and like the chair and the bed those different
0: uh, yeah that he has in the well home. Th- the bed definitely looks like a beetle uh, yeah yeah it's weird like a up- upside down dead beetle
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah because it's got those things that hang down that
0: look <laughs> like legs like legs yeah <laughs> <laughs> um we see Tensor in the Sark unit, and Caprice is controlling the scalpel and needle, and we when the camera zooms out, uh, pans out, we see that there's an audience, it's part of their performance. And the robotic arms are slicing Tensor's torso and digging around in his organs, retrieving this new organ that he's grown. Um there is also a tattoo. I can't remember what the tattoos of. I couldn't really see what's on the on the organ.
1: Yeah, I yeah I couldn't really tell what... I mean, yeah. they kind of just look like, you know, like these, like, abstract artistic kind of pieces.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Um, Tensor appears to be sexually aroused throughout the process, and I love that the audience, like, gasps in, like, <gasps> when the organ comes out, but these people go to these things all the time. Like,
1: yeah, I, I thought about that, too. Like, after a while, isn't this kind of just, like... I don't know. Normalized? Like, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. I've, I've seen the few organs get pulled out of this guy, and it looks pretty much the same every time.
0: Yeah. What's different about this one? Yeah. Uh, we see Lang Trice in the audience eating a purple bar of some kind. Just munching down on a purple bar. That it does look tasty. It looks like it'd be yeah. a blueberry, like... Yeah bar of some kind. I'd eat it. Yeah,
1: like a big piece of, like, Laffy Taffy or something. Yeah, I, 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 w- I want to know what that tastes like. Yeah,
0: I'm curious. I wonder if it's on Google somewhere. <laughs> like, the intention of what it should taste like. Yes. Um. So, whilst sitting down amongst their audience, uh, Caprice and Tensura are approached by Timlin, who asks Tensura if she can ask him something quite intimate. And she says to him, uh, surgery is sex, isn't it? surgery is the new sex and then is like he's not really saying anything to her she's kind of like going on this monologue and she finishes with when I was watching Caprice cut into you I wanted you cutting into me that's when I knew and then she just abruptly leaves yep I
1: mean I'm wearing my surgery is the, the new sex, sex, sex. shirt so. that's awesome
0: yeah. <laughs> I want yeah. one but if I wore that around here nobody would know what I'm talking about
1: Oh, I like just opened the door for like the delivery person today, and I was like, "Oh, I just realized what I'm wearing," right. and they're probably hmm. like, okay. "What the fuck?
0: <laughs> what is, what is that?"
1: <laughs> um, but I mean, that, um, can you that, sign for this package, please? <laughs> please? They're like, "Please leave me alone." <laughs> but like surgery is the new sex is just such a Cronenberg like term like it does feel like you know long live the new flesh like it it makes so much sense being in this movie like as soon as it was said I was like yeah you're right yeah that makes total sense for this world like and and yeah the way the way she says like oh and like I wanted you to cut into me it's like so sexual yeah Uh, so it is very obvious like what she is thinking and what uh we can assume I guess a lot of the other people in this world are, are thinking and doing in that way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's um and Caprice is like, What was that all about? And he just says, A new revelation.
1: <laughs> He's like so proud of himself that oh. someone came up with this like, you know, epiphany after watching his performance. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, at the bar, the two, I I had the names of the life form technicians written down for my piece and I didn't save it any, like, I don't, I didn't read what their names are, but they're great. Um, they're at the bar talking to a, um, some guy who is watching Lang at this point and Lang proceeds to put down the purple bar that he is eating and walks away. Uh, the man picks it up and eats it which causes him to drop to the ground he like vomits up a whole bunch of purple stuff and has a seizure on the ground and he probably dies we don't see that happen but we assume that he dies from whatever he has consumed Yeah. so I was really fascinated by this whole purple thing at this time because obviously we don't realize we don't know what it is so I'm just like why did he poison him on purpose what's going on
1: yeah, I was I remember being like, what is happening? yeah, cuz he made it look like he just left it there. Yeah, so he just put it down and so away. was so enticed, He need to pick it up. But then you're like, "Oh no, I guess like it was just kind of happenstance that he left it there, but also like maybe you shouldn't just leave your weird purple bars around. Also, don't just uh,
0: eat things that people put down."
1: Yeah. There's a lot of like hygienic stuff there that I yeah. don't love.
0: Yeah. Like you don't know if he's got the flu and now you're eating that
1: but yeah what they say too like people don't usually get most people don't get like diseases or like yeah kind of, true yeah like, okay which well. is so interesting like that maybe some of that cleanliness even kind of falls by the wayside if they're like oh i guess it doesn't matter if i wash my hands or because I'm, I'm not
0: like, gonna get sick anyway
1: yeah which is gross but
0: wouldn't that be nice as an immunosuppressed person i think that's really nice yeah,
1: yeah it's like, <laughs> i'd like nice to not worry about that yeah
0: worry about getting yeah. sick <laughs> Uh, Timlin and Whippet are being interviewed by police officer Detective Cope, who works with New Vice. So we don't really know what New Vice is doing at this point and why they exist, but they're another bureaucratic law enforcement agency. And he's asking about their dealings with Saltensor and wants to see the um, a portfolio because uh, Timlin's explaining that they keep portfolios of people's yeah. organs that have been tattooed and registered. And she um, proudly talks about how they have an archive of all the organs that Tensa has ever grown and tattooed. And she, like, produces this, like, massive, like, book of organs. Um, And she calls it the Soul Tensa Organography, which I thought was great. I was like, oh, that's a cool name.
1: That's something you would see at the, the Mütter Museum. Yeah. <laughs> like, that is just, like, a weird medical artifact that yeah. later down the line, someone is like, oh, my God, this is, like, the Saul Tenser, like, a Book of Organs.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That'd be so good. Oh, I love it. Um, so Timlin is very defensive of Tenser and his ability to grow these Neo-organs. And she says to Detective Cope, he takes the rebellion of his own body and takes control of it. And I was like, "Yeah, but there's also a million other bureaucratic organizations that are trying to take control of it as well. So is it really a rebellion?
1: Yeah, and I mean that I mean that was interesting too because that comes back to that idea of control, and like what Saul is doing, like people think it's this very profound thing, but it also comes down to control. Potentially in a similar way as these, like, governmental bodies are doing to, like, a mass amount of people where they are yeah. trying to control what is coming, like, out of the, the human body. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, you're not even allowing that rebellion within yourself. Like, you you are the dictator of your own body.
0: <laughs> you're doing the same thing that the government's trying to do to you. Yeah. Like, the real rebellion would be not removing them.
1: Yeah, it's like seeing seeing what happens, like, what, yeah. what chaos comes out of these, like, strange organs. Just grow them.
0: Yeah. Just fuck it. Have a million organs.
1: <laughs> yeah, why not? See what happens.
0: Uh at a performance uh sometime after this, um we see a man with uh his lips being sewn together, his or- eyes already sewn shut. And this is um I don't know who the performance artist was at this uh I might have been Odeal, or- I'm not too sure. Mm. His whole body is covered in ears. We hear a voice over saying, it's time to listen. Um, it's time, uh, It says something else that was really fascinating. Um, I only got the it's time to listen part. <laughs> yeah, was it
1: like, "It's it time to wake up? Ne- uh, no, I can't
0: remember. Yeah, but it, it was quite a fascinating, I should have written more yeah. of it down, but I didn't. Oh, oh well. <laughs> um, the man begins to dance and a, a, we see a one woman carving um, into another woman's leg who is quite sexually aroused by this. Um, We see this further on down the track again, uh, because she's using this kind of instrument that carves through and touches bone, and that, like, as soon as bones are involved, I'm like, oh. Oh, that's that's it, yeah. That's my point, where I'm like, nah, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. I don't want to hear bones crunching. I don't want to hear bones being grated on. Yuck, yuck. Yeah. The, the sound um,
1: effects are, like, a little hard with
0: a couple of those moments. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, I didn't notice it the first time I watched it. But when I watched it again, I was like, oh, you can hear her, like, touching the bone with that thing. Oh, yeah. why? <laughs> uh, we see a woman in a gray suit approach Tensa, who is hiding away from the audience watching the performance. And she says to him nonchalantly that she doesn't like the ears.
1: I love the, uh, I don't like, I love how, like, as performance artists, they're kind of just like, ugh, like, okay, ugh. these other performance artists, like, what they're doing is so fake, and I, I mean, there is, like, a lot like of these. art commentary on yeah. this film, which I just, I think is, like, very funny, I, I yeah. actually find a lot of this movie is, like, pretty humorous, and, like, oh, yeah, I laughed Yeah. I don't
0: know if I should have, but I did,
1: yep, yeah, I agree, I was just like, oh, this, this tickles me,
0: this is funny, yeah, <laughs> The uh, this woman hands him a card and tells him that he, she has booked him an appointment and says that it's for his political problem. Mm. Don't know. And the thing is, like, uh, sometimes for me things have to be very obvious, yeah. and so I struggled finding the political element of this being communicated to people who wouldn't look for things like authority and control as a political problem. Yeah. Yeah, that
1: makes sense.
0: Yeah. And especially like what they do, which we will go into. That's where I was like, how is this addressing the political issue? And I think that would have been like my main problem with the film.
1: Yeah, I think that part is, like, even on this rewatch, I was like, okay, like, let me try to, like, maybe hone in on this moment a little bit more, and I was still a little like, oh, like, I'm not too certain, because then, yeah, there's yeah. that meeting afterwards that still doesn't totally feel like it fits into what We've... he is told about it. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, on his way home, Tensa runs into Lang, who offers him the opportunity to perform an autopsy on his son, Brecken, in front of an audience. And he says to, uh, he calls it a live raw performance and says, I have a special corpse for you. It would have a lot of surprises. Mm. And I love that Tense's response was, you have the body of your son. And he's like, of course, why wouldn't I? It's
1: like, duh. Yeah, duh. He says something like, he's my son. Yeah. <laughs> I, <was> like,
0: <laughs> I laughed at like, that. yeah, that explains it. Okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, fair. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> and I did, I laughed at that whole interaction because really i was good. like that's pretty funny <laughs> <laughs> i was like i'm a sicko i'm laughing at like a child's corpse great I so mean, glad
1: what else can you do at, at <laughs> the point in the movie you're like yeah this is weird it, fuck all right
0: <laughs> fair all right everything's fair game now yes. <laughs> uh we see tensor later struggling with the impact of his rapidly rapidly growing organs when caprice noticed that he is uh experiencing a lot of discomfort and struggling to eat And she said, you know, you did spend a lot of time outside. And he says, it's not my allergies. I honestly, I feel fine. Um, He also talks about the performance and that he saw Lang on his way home who's offered him the opportunity to perform this autopsy. And so we see that he's kind of, his mouth and throat aren't working and it's like worse than what it normally is. So we see that he does have autopsy. I would call it, like, a flare-up of his, like, issues, like, bodily function issues. And so he does go through, like, ebbs and flows of being able to do things and not being able to do things.
1: Yeah, it's such an interesting performance moment for Vigo because it it Mm. looks like he's, like, croaking, kind of. Like, he's got, like, something stuck in his forehead and he's doing these, like, guttural kind of croaking noises. And you're like, oh, whatever you're going through sounds horrifying.
0: Yeah, it sounds like he's choking. Yeah. And I was like, ah, is, he, is this where he dies? No, no it's not. <laughs> no, no. We did the classic Cronenberg where he lets the person suffer through their life.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think he says something too. There's a line that I wrote down. Like, it's a compelling fullness, like in response to like the bodily discomfort he is feeling, which is like oh, a wow. really interesting way to reflect on experiencing like pain and discomfort in your body. Like, there was yeah. a fullness to that. I was like. Oh, okay. That's like an interesting way to view something that I think you know we would typically be like, "Oh, that's bad." Like we need to, I hate like, that. Like not, we need to not feel this anymore. Yeah. yeah.
0: Can I not
1: go through this, please? Yeah. Please, whatever you can give me, so I don't feel anything.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll take some painkillers, like They probably don't have yes. those in the future. That'll suck. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, that's true. <laughs>
0: uh, so while discussing the performance autopsy concept, uh, Caprice lays in the Sark unit naked while Tenser discusses the recalibrations that they need to do to modify the unit back to an autopsy unit rather than the performance unit that they have been using. And what I found really fascinating is that they also discussed the legal and ethical ramifications Mm. about performing on a deceased individual. And they they didn't say individual, they called the child a deceased model.
1: Yeah, and it's like I guess there is like a weird gray area with a lot yeah. of the things that are happening in this society. And it, it does, I do get the sense that the government is trying very hard to control things, but also having a very hard time with controlling things because people are doing a variety of, uh you know, performance art and behaviors that they wouldn't have expected to happen.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's pretty crazy. Uh, Tensa slices into Caprice's skin and says that he isn't sure how they will be able to work the inner beauty angle for the performance. Caprice is sexually aroused by the slicing over her skin. Uh, Tensa later joins her on the, and they lay together on the Sark unit as they basically set it into auto mode and it slices both of them as they erotically enjoy the procedure. So in this case, Tensa is the only one who would feel this. So Caprice would be able to feel it, but she wouldn't be feeling pain from it.
1: Mm. Yeah, which I found fascinating. Yeah, like what what are the sensations she is actually feeling? And I guess is it is it erotic? Is it like similar to like a sexual organ feeling? Like if yeah. if they're not feeling pain, like I guess what is replaced by the pain?
0: Yeah, I wish. And you know what? No, I don't wish. It's kind. Of, I like the <laughs> ambiguity of it. Yeah, I agree. Where you can kind of sit and be like, but what did they feel? If they didn't feel pain, what was it?
1: Yeah. I'm yeah, now I'm dying to, to know what that
0: is. <laughs> At night, Tensor meets up with Detective Cope to talk, and Cope tells Tensor I don't even know how Tensor and Cope ended up in discussions yeah. together. I find that a bit weird. Um, how did they find one another? Who knows?
1: Yeah, it, on rewatch, I feel like some of those things made a little bit more sense, but I, I guess it seems like Tensor is actually undercover. Yeah. Uh, and has kind of infiltrated this art scene to help uh, uh. new Vice like get intel and information on some of the like bodily transformations that are happening yeah. in people. Um, that's That's what I gathered this rewatch, but it is like... It is not very clear.
0: Yeah. Um, Tenser says to him that he is involved in new vice because he doesn't like what is happening to the human body. And in particular, his body. Tenser, I get it. Been there, done that over the last two years of my life. (laughs) Finding out I have an autoimmune disease. I don't like what's happening. (laughs) Mm -mm. mm -mm. Could do without it. Um, And that's why he cuts it up all the time. And I was like, oh my God, that's such like a moment of clarity for those who do have body issues. And I was like, because they're talking about inner beauty. And then he's talking about cutting up his own body because he doesn't like it. And I was like, oh, my God.
1: Yeah, it is like trying, I guess, like trying to control or, or do something to your body because of what's happening to it that you don't like is like, you know, as some sort of reaction to it, which yeah, is a really interesting, uh, I guess, perspective to add to like Tensor's character.
0: Yeah, he is super complex. So some yeah. of it I was just like, ah. Yep. <laughs> now I've got to analyze all of that in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> I know. There's so many layers. Oh, yeah. Um, so Tensa goes on to talk to Cope about Dr. Nassatir, who is a cosmetic surgeon and who he has an appointment with. And Cope basically tells him, go to the appointment. I want you to find out what's going on. Hmm. So Tensa asks him about uh, Dotrice's wife, Juna, who basically had murdered her own child and that he wants to talk to her. And so I, they organise that. Um, there's this great scene with the life-form technicians who are working on the recalibration of the Sark unit and they're asking Caprice about Tensa and why she is without him there. And he, she says it's to bring me back to my roots you know, doing things on my own. And so Mm -hmm. we do see, like, that codependency element because they're like, why aren't you with Tensa? Why aren't you here with him?
1: Yeah, they're a unit. Like, it seems strange when they are together. And even watching the movie, the scenes where they are not together and they are on their own is a little odd. Like, oh, yeah, you you are both kind of doing your own thing. And it seems like it might even be, that is, like, a new experience for them um, as they're kind of, like, delving into their own like kinks and interests and yeah
0: yeah yeah absolutely because yeah caprice definitely does go through her own transformation in a way
1: yeah
0: um but the technicians undress as they're talking to caprice and climb naked into the Sark unit laughing as they ask caprice if they have a future in performance to which she says definitely (laughs) and i like that she humors them (laughs) she's like sure why not
1: They seem like they could be so annoying to to them, and they, yeah, she does just, like, fully humor, because they are, like, really bubbly and silly, and they add, uh, I don't know, they add, like, an element to the film that would not have been there otherwise, Oh, I like.
0: Yeah, they're so great. Um, Yeah. Tensa visits Dr. Um, and who is super excited to have Tensa at his house. And Tensa tells him that he's not there for a procedure, but to help get help with for his political problems. And Nassateer says to him that he's only a mechanic there to install windows and doors for the inner beauty pageant. So we have no idea what's going on there. So Tensa goes back home and shows Caprice the zipper fly that is now across his stomach. He's been nominated as a contestant in the category of best organ of unknown origin. Uh,
1: Which yeah, that moment really gave me crash vibes. uh, Cause I, he like has this zipper unit that is now on his stomach as a way to like access his organs. And I just kept thinking about um, the woman whose like legs are really like messed up in crash and like, those also, like, eventually are so messed up that they are also used and look like a sexual organ. And so they are creating yeah. these new, like, orifices, like, on in their bodies, which is a very fascinating element to this.
0: <laughs> because uh, Caprice does kneel down in front of Tensa, unzips his stomach, and basically makes out with his, like, zipper. Yeah. In a very sexual scene. Yeah. Yeah,
1: they're really into it.
0: mm and I guess because they're still trying to define what sex is, because they 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 don't have sex.
1: Yeah, so it is kind of, yeah, it is like, uh, I don't know, less, you know, I guess it's like, it's uh, harder to define what the new sex is in this way. Yeah. So you are just kind of, as people are constantly making changes to their bodies, it's like, oh, is like, is this this it thing we can
0: use? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do I do with this? Alright, let's give it a go. Let's try
1: it out. Yeah, see see if we like it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh Tensor goes to visit uh Jana. Juana? Juana. Jana. It's D J U N A. Juna. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's Juna. Hear... Okay, that's it's it. It's Juna. I remember now. Um because <laughs> when I read it, I'm like, mmm, I am like i can not get that sound in my head. Um Mm-mm. So she tells him that Brecken was a creature that her husband invented to torment her, and that Brecken only ate plastic and synthetic products, and that his mouth produced a white drool that would dissolve plastic products for him to be able to digest them. She confesses to killing her son. However, the police have never found her son's body, so uh, not sure she actually killed him. Uh, she also accuses Lang and his friends of being cannibals, <laughs> which I was I know, like, and then he's like, "What cannibals?" <laughs> yeah, he's like, "What are you talking about?"
1: Yeah, which, like, uh, sure? yeah. I was like, you just dropped that in there and you, like, haven't fully explained this yet. Yeah. So I, I was like, what's going on? I was <laughs> like, cannibals, what the fuck? Like, there's a lot of messed up stuff going on in this movie, but I didn't see any cannibalism. No, that, no. no.
0: I love that, because she's like, they're cannibals. Yep. Like, that's it. They're Langanese friends, <laughs> all cannibals. <laughs> and it's like, I have seen no evidence of this in the film. None. But all right. Wouldn't he have eaten your son if he was a cannibal by this point, or you? Yeah. Like, I'm sure you're all tasty looking. So, at this point in time,
1: <laughs> but Saul is just as confused as I. Which <laughs> I <appreciate. It's> like,
0: <laughs> what the fuck? Are you sure, lady? Yeah. Um, later on, we see Lang and his organization of rebels working together in a warehouse to produce the bars of purple that we saw at the start of the film. Lang tells another member of his group that the Brecon autopsy is going ahead and that what they are doing is about to be very public. Very ominous. watch out. (laughs) Watch out. It's going to be public. Everyone's going to know about it. Um, uh, At a live, later at a live performance, a woman is carving lines into the face of a performance artist by the name of O'Deal. Classical music is playing as a woman slices through the woman, the other woman's forehead and cheeks. As Caprice watches on, a little disturbed by the process, mm-hmm. she's a little bit confused. Uh, she looks very, yeah, very upset. Um, yeah. To which Whippet approaches Caprice. Sorry, Whippet approaches Caprice at the performance where he tells her that technically he's not allowed to mingle at these performances anymore as a conflict of interest of his job, but he just can't stay away.
1: Such a little perv.
0: I'm like, (laughs) go away, Whippet, you creep.
1: He's so creepy.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, Caprice speaks with Odile, uh, who says that she's found it so hard to find a plastic surgeon who will destroy her face rather than make it beautiful. She tells Caprice that she herself enjoys trauma as her performance. Which, uh, if you saw her face, it looks like she has gills on her face all over it.
1: I love this scene, yeah. Uh, especially on rewatch. I was like, ooh, this is so fascinating. Um, And I do love the way she looks, like the way that she is beaming. I was like, oh, there is something very strangely beautiful about this woman who has like totally cut up her face. Uh, Because she is just like so accepting of this like transformation that she has uh, done for herself.
0: Yeah, and she does talk about it being an individual transformation and that Mm. Caprice herself can find herself in these types of transformations and these changes to the body without it being like this beauty concept. And it's kind of like subverting what they've all been talking about with beauty and that this inner beauty concept. And Odile's like, I'm going to bring it to outer beauty and it's going to be on my face. It's not going to be about what I'm growing on my insides and what I'm removing from the inside.
1: Yeah, and like... It also is just, like, makes such, such so much sense as, like, a holdover that, like, her wanting to, like, cut up her face is something that is hard for her to do in the society where people are cutting each other up all the time, but it is yeah. that, like, oh, well, like, you know, you still want to be beautiful and, like, presentable by these, like, traditional, like, Western standards, and so she, uh, you know, her cutting up her face is something that is really, like, um, I don't know, like fascinating and weird Mm. and just something you're not like it's very subversive which I find really interesting in a world where most of these things are just accepted
0: yeah and I feel like Odile definitely represents that non-nonconformity into like that performance art element where everybody's talking about inner beauty Everyone's obsessed with inner beauty because they're obsessed with these neo-organs, like perversely obsessed with neo-organs. And she's like, well, I don't grow organs. So cut up my face.
1: Yeah, And I even like the idea that like, when we, you know, when we talk about inner beauty, it's like, oh yeah, accepting like who you are inside as a person. But this is so literal of like, no, like we're talking about like how beautiful your innards are.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like your actual insides. Yeah. I want to know what your insides look like. (laughs) Um, so we later see um oh so caprice actually says to odile that watching odile carve her face gives her the desire to carve herself open as well and we see caprice at home later with crescent moons uh as what because they're body modifications but i can't think of the actual term for them because yeah,
1: because they kind of a term, like yeah, yeah, because uh, I know it's something that people do. Mm. Where it's like they're um, I'm trying to forget. I forget like what the, I guess it's like something you use for implants. Whatever yeah. you put in implant
0: for is actually the word. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. It's like these small implants into her head that yeah create these like shapes on her face.
0: Yeah. Um, Tensa doesn't seem I love impressed. No. <laughs> He's like, I don't get it.
1: No, but I love that. Like she is like. Yeah, I, I like was it. like, fuck it. I'm gonna change something about like my face and like change myself a little. So I, I kind of like that we're seeing these people go on like these journeys that are a little bit separate while they are still together. Uh I feel like just the way they are around each other at the beginning of the film, it does feel very new that they are not spending time together, which I find interesting.
0: Yeah. And it's definitely a um uh, moments of self discovery that they're going yeah. on separately. And I think it's nice, even if it's a little bit fucked up. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, like, as as someone who's, like, had stretched ears and, like, nose piercings and septum piercings and tattoos, like, I I get the whole process of trying to find yourself through changing who you are visually to people.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, uh... Yeah, I like the idea that she did this thing without including Tensor in the conversation yeah. just because she wanted to do it and was, like, all about it. And, like, e- like her expression, she seems very happy with the decision yeah. that she has made. And and those are kind of the only things that you can do alone. Like, that's that's a hard thing to, like, make a decision with, like, a partner, especially in, like, a codependent situation yeah. like that.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and I think she probably wouldn't have done it if he had been around. So,
0: Oh, yeah. He would have been like, why would you do that? Yeah, what's like, now? Uh, no. But um, Tensa offers her the Brecon autopsy, which she is over the moon about because she mm. um, wants to do the performance element of it, which is fine. She's super excited. He's like, yep, you deserve it. All good. <laughs> no walkers. Um, Tensa visits a registry to be greeted by Whippet, who asks him for some advice as someone who grows neo-organs, but then quickly changes the topic to take... Tenser to the safe room? He's like, don't worry about it. Anyway, come and see this safe room. Yep. Uh, the safe room. <laughs> just down some stairs into, like, a basement.
1: And we don't um, see anything where you're nothing. like, there's nothing here.
0: <laughs> it was obviously so he could get him away from Timlin. Um, yep. So, uh, he says, this is where we keep our more pro- pro- provocative material. Um, however, we just find out that Whippet is actually the registrar for the highly secretive in a beauty pageant. And Tensa's like, um, well, we're going to have to secretly remove my organ and put it back because I need it for performance. And I need to tattoo yep. it for my performance. And if not, I'll just have to fake it. And <laughs> Whippet's like, uh, you can't because we want you and need you. So how- we'll just manage to somehow keep your next organ only registered for the event, but then pull it out at the show. There's like, all
1: of this weird secretive stuff going on with people yeah. where, like, you know, everyone has other things going on that, like, they can't really tell people about. Like, this, like, registrar office doesn't really exist, but then, like, there are rules about how those people are supposed to interact, and then, like, they are secretly working within these like subsects of like people doing like the inner beauty pageant and stuff. And so you're, like, but then also working with doing... new
0: advice and it's like, what is going yeah. on? But then that no, kind of everyone... just tells you about corruption, doesn't it? What does that tell you about corruption? <laughs> That's
1: true. Yeah. Everyone's got like their hands in everything. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's insidious. Yeah. Um, so, on his way out, he's accosted by Timlin, who drags him into her office, where she discloses that she's incredibly worried about Whippet, and thinks that he's been dazzled by the performance world, and that he's, <laughs> he's into something. He's doing something that, obviously, he's not meant to be doing at the registry, yeah. which he, yeah, she's not wrong.
1: But also, it's like, uh, aren't you being a little dazzled by this performance world, Timlin?
0: <laughs> and we do find out something about Timlin later, so... Mm-hmm. That has been, she has been bedazzled by it all. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> she's like, I think I should turn him in. And Tensa's like, don't do that. Don't worry about that. And he asks her if she's ever come across, like, a digestive system that has ever been functioning. He's obviously doing mm. some research work into Brecken, and if Brecken's organs were ever registered. Mm-hmm. Basically. Um, uh, <laughs> so she asks if she would ever be allowed to be part of their show. She'd love to be in the Sark unit uh but then she's like oh well, wait a minute because i work with new vice obviously it's a conflict of interest she's really chaotic at this point yes um she touches Tensa sensually, putting her fingers into his mouth looking at his teeth and then proceeds to kiss him and um it's quite uh off-putting and unsettling um and tense <laughs> yes. like pushes her away and tells her he's not very good at the old sex
1: I do find it interesting that the one moment of like, I guess, traditional kind of, you know, physical relations we see is very unsexy, where all of the the other things, like all of the surgery is very sexualized.
0: Yeah. And it's just like, oh, they literally don't have sex. That's what that tells me. That unless it's for like, obviously reproductive reasons, they don't. Yeah, unless like but Brecken they don't talk about that. was
1: born, yeah. obviously, yeah. so there are some people I think that must still be having traditional sex, unless they found other ways to kind of carry on the population.
0: Um, yeah. yeah, probably artificial ways, but yeah. it's yeah, it's because she did say that Lang invented Brecken, so it's like mm. how would he invent him?
1: Yeah, that is her. Yeah, her choice of words is so interesting for yeah. a lot of that scene. Mm.
0: So later, Caprice uh Uh, oh yeah sorry um they're meeting with lang and Tensa tells him that he met his ex-wife because they really wanted to find out what they were getting into uh in response lang just opens the lid to a deep freezer (laughs) and he's like well here it is and caprice looks in and exclaims that she doesn't think that they should be doing this because all performance art is consensual Mm. and how can a corpse uh consent but um, Lang tells him that he needs to make a very public statement and that this autopsy has to go ahead. Um, Tensa brings up Brecken's digestive system as uh, Juna had mentioned the child's eating habits. Lang produces a purple bar and asks them if they've ever eaten one of these. Uh, he mocks the eating chairs <laughs> because he <laughs> believes that at one point he thought that that was the answer to his problems. Mm-hmm. uh lang says that tensor should let his body do what it wants and go where it wants to go and says to him do you think that you might be interfering with a completely natural process yeah yeah, yeah that's what I evolution love... is a natural process <laughs>
1: yes absolutely um yeah and i think it's this scene when they're kind of talking about what they're planning where someone mentions like they're creating art out of anarchy is like yeah. what they are doing and i was like oh even that is a form of control where they are taking anarchy and turning it into something else um, and controlling it in some way. And I was like, Oh, there is so much of these like themes of control just like peppered throughout this movie.
0: Absolutely. And it's just like also individual control and government control. And, this yeah like you said taking anarchy and controlling it in a way to represent something in particular like you know as especially um lang's uh what's the word um like his oh my god what's the word like what he wants to say
1: oh yeah like his message and
0: yeah 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. i can't there's a word for it and i can't think of it right now it's saturday so my brain's like no yeah not today um (laughs) So there is another meeting between Cope and Tenser, and Tensa asks if he should be doing the live autopsy. And Cope says that he wants Lang and his group of freaks, so do whatever it takes. Yeah. Do whatever it takes to find out more about what's going on. We need you to infiltrate the group and find more about what they're planning. So we actually find out that the purple bars are called synth bars, and they're actually toxic, toxic to humans. However, there are... Uh, they're, Edible by, like, those who have evolved and um, aren't considered humans. And Cope says to Tensa, we are evolving away from the human path. It cannot be allowed to continue. And it's like, what the fuck?
1: Yeah. This is, like, my the good shit for me in this
0: movie. Yeah. Um, oh, the last couple of scenes?
1: Yeah, like, <laughs> this like, conversation... this conversation where they're like actually describing what's going on um and he says that it's uh it's time for human evolution to sync up with human technology i'm like ooh, okay like this well how how are we controlling human bodies yeah yeah. through
0: the technology
1: (laughs) yes absolutely and but like then you know because they are able to process uh you know human waste you're like yeah, like, that makes sense as human evolution, that, like, the human body eventually is, like, you are fucking with the planet so much that, like, now you literally have to have eat the that you are producing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The only way to get rid of it now is for you to eat it. So, yeah. too bad, so sad. You did this to yourself.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I'm, like, yeah, I love, like, uh, I don't know, like, vengeful Mother Nature in that way, where I'm, like, yeah, like, humans should have to, like, deal with these problems in yeah. a way, where, like, now it, like, fucks up with their own, like, physiology. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's kind of scary. I hope it doesn't yeah. happen here. I mean, yeah. I, 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 a Cronenberg future terrifies me. Um.
1: <laughs> yes, I agree. I feel like I'm, I am very intrigued by it in many ways, but I'm also like such a scaredy cat that I'm like, oh, yeah. oh I, like I, I probably actually couldn't like. Cut
0: I'd, and, I'd and, rather and, die, like... <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah. Both Cronenbergs, their futures terrify me. So. Uh.
1: I know. There's. So, I love the Cronenberg's. They they got this. <laughs> yeah, Possessor was
0: one of my favorite movies of last year, and me so too. it just scares me. I was like, that is terrifying. Yeah. Surveillance, yeah. uh, surveillance states terrify me. What the yeah. hell?
1: Yeah, and just like the yeah, I mean, there's so much like capitalistic like uh, greed that is a part of like Brandon Cronenberg's yeah,ography specifically that I'm like, yes, let's like dive into late stage yeah.
0: capitalism. <laughs> I had a tweet up ages ago, and I was like, "So, what's everyone's plan after late stage capitalism? What are we doing? Are we hanging out?
1: <laughs> yeah, like we should have a plan. Maybe do we, it's, do it's we, have a,
0: do we get to have a party? Like once, because le- we're in late stage capitalism now. So it's like, yeah. what do we do next?
1: Yeah, I'm just waiting for someone to let me know, like when we can start like burning shit to the ground, like." Yeah i'm ready
0: i wonder if <laughs> they'll go. let me fly to america or like i already have like a big tag that says do not let this communist leave australia
1: <laughs> yeah you're definitely on a list somewhere. i'm on
0: a list somewhere <laughs> that's like she's had too many tweets about burning shit so yeah.
1: i mean hey if the government isn't tracking you are you doing it right like no come
0: on no no also the government doesn't care about me
1: yeah i don't have an arrest
0: <laughs> record i
1: yeah, I'm not. I'm not actually that interesting. <laughs> I'm not that interesting.
0: unless they want to play, pay like my uni fees. Like, that'd be cool. Break in Please. and do that.
1: Hey, government, if you're listening.
0: <laughs> Dear Chad, the FBI guy in my phone and computer.
1: Chad, big fan.
0: Do us B- a favor. Big fan. Love your work. We don't yeah. even have the FBI here, but.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's some something.
0: So, I don't know. Uh, ASIO, I think it is. Dear Chad from ASIO. uh, Chad's not even a popular name here. Uh, Dear Michael, um, please. I once wanted to work at ASIO. Please. Please. Oh, yeah. No, I wanted to be a surveillance officer. Ooh,
1: that's so interesting.
0: No, I would have had to, like, watch people, like, do their everyday lives, and I was like, I wouldn't want someone doing that to me.
1: Yeah, that's fair. But it was, like,
0: terrorists and and stuff, and I was like, but also... I wouldn't want people with a drone watching me doing, like, well, taking a shit.
1: Yeah, they're just doing, like, basic human stuff. And you're like, yeah. oh, I don't want to see this. this like
0: like oh. But I'd have to, yeah. like, write out what they do every day, where they go, who they talk to. Like, yeah. I would feel so violated, terrorist or not, if they did that to me.
1: Yeah. Fair enough. Everyone has a right to privacy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I feel like if, look, if you had hard evidence that this person has done something that, like, deserves them to be arrested and extradited to the US for, like, or Australia for doing something horrible, um, I'm not providing you with the evidence. Like, Mm -hmm. you gotta get hard evidence. I'm not following them around all day, every day.
1: Yeah, I've got shit to do. Yeah, who wants to be a snitch, you know?
0: I don't want to dub on this person for going and buying a whole bunch of mangoes. Like, no. it's not weird if you buy ten mangoes.
1: Yeah, it's fine. He really likes mangoes. Fucking just, just let him he, have it. Do you
0: know what he does with his mangoes every day? He makes mango juice and mango sorbet. Yeah.
1: Do you know how hard life is? Just let him have his mangoes. Just fuck <laughs> In off. In peace.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I just thought maybe it could go to someone who doesn't have a soul or any empathy for people.
1: Yeah, that's fair. They deserve those jobs. Yeah,
0: you can have that. Uh, life technicians arrive at Dr. Nassitier's house to fix an issue with his eating chair apparently. Shortly after we see them leave the building and we uh take him back to Nassitier who is dead in his eating chair with a hole in the side of his head bleeding. Now my question is, why did they kill Dr. Nassitier?
1: I guess because he was he was one of like the people that was the head of the Inner Beauty pageant. I mean, I don't know how uh. much oh my god it's just all
0: come to a head in my brain Ooh, okay the life form technicians are the insiders
1: yeah
0: that cope was talking about they're the yes. people on the inside holy fuck okay. also someone that else that we will mention later
1: yeah okay There is just just so much like tiny bits of dialogue (laughs) that sometimes it is hard to like actually piece them all together. Until you sit and talk about
0: it and you're like, holy shit, hold on a second.
1: Because it also could make sense to me that like they are doing things like out of the interest of the company. If there's some sort of like, you know, where corporations are, you know, so evil that they have their own like little assassin people that are doing things for them. I don't know. Because
0: they don't want people disrupting their jobs or their ability. Capitalism. 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 Mm -hmm
1: all it all comes back to capitalism it
0: does fuck fuck capitalism yep uh dylan and i always joke about how much of a communist her and i are
1: (laughs) (laughs) i feel that way too i'm just like so over all of the bullshit of just like living in a capitalist state i'm exhausted i don't want to do it anymore
0: it's why i became a teacher because i got sick of being micromanaged and sick of like kpis and sick of like uh, sales targets. I got sick of hearing all about that, and I was like, I don't care. I don't care anymore about that stuff. No, so I became a teacher, where I don't have to care about that stuff.
1: Exactly. And yeah. you get to turn turn your students into little communists. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, like the right wing uh, pol- politicians in Australia already think we're doing that. They th- <laughs> they Zoom think we're well. <laughs> we're turning children, uh, we're indoctrinating children into. Uh, transgender regimes and agendas mm. and it's like why would I try and convert a child to be someone they don't want to be
1: yeah that's that's kind of not the thing that like I've got
0: assignments doing. and tests to mark like indoctrinating people <laughs> takes time teachers don't have that yeah. Yeah, if you, can, you like, actually check that out not- <laughs> I've got like yeah, things I've got to do <laughs> yeah. who has the time I have detention to run for racist asshole kids
1: yeah I wish I had the time to indoctrinate people into Me little too. communists. Like, That'd be
0: great. Yeah, yeah, I wish I had the time. I don't. They yeah. think teachers yeah. have all the time in the world. Um, and they also obviously haven't read the curriculum ever. And yeah, that's, that's how I right. know that they haven't when they say <laughs> shit like that. And it's like, have you read what we teach in school? No? Okay, cool. Definitely mm Definitely not. <laughs> so it's the night of the Brecon autopsy. It's come. It's finally here. Okay. Lang, Tenser, and Caprice are talking about the show when we discovered that Brecken was the firstborn with this type of uh, digestive system, that functioned to be able to consume uh, these synthetic bars. And Lang wants to show the world the possibility of what can happen with this evolution and that they'll be able to... And, and I think Lang kind of operates as this kind of climate control, climate change kind of person where he's trying to change the future and trying to deal with the ramifications of them treating the earth like shit
1: yeah for sure um yeah and then the fact that they actually produced a human that already had those organs which yeah because they mentioned that idea too that like your if you like you know lost a finger then that could potentially be like somehow a genetic trait that got passed down to a child yes that's essentially what happens is like they were transforming their bodies to have to be able to digest plastic and then somehow that translated to a genetic thing that was happening in him and maybe other people in this world, which is like, you're like, how is that happening? Uh, Are are the two things related? Like, is it like, was nature doing this anyway before these people even started like with their own like procedures? I have so many questions. Hmm.
0: I think I have about a (laughs) hundred at least. (laughs) Mr. Cronenberg, if you have the time, uh, Tori and I have some questions.
1: Uh, I Only would love to, I would love to sit down with Cronenberg and ask him all of the things.
0: <laughs> I'd have so many questions about everything. I, I yeah, think he like might like be movie able to be my movie. The... I'd be like,
1: yeah. okay. Now we need. Now we need to talk about the fly. Let's get into this. this uh, okay,
0: so Miss Cronenberg, we're up to the, we're up to the fly now. So yeah. let's go. Six sixteen years <laughs> later. Uh, uh, Caprice is introducing the autopsy to the audience and what is going to be happening. That. Uh, Brecken was killed by his mother and um, the scalpel slices open the body of the small boy and what is uh, happening is um, as the corpse is opened we see that there are tattooed organs on the inside, some that say mother and the audience is disturbed by what is going on because everyone's like, whoa, Mm. what the fuck is happening? Uh, Why are his organs tattooed? Um, And as, like, the arms dig around, there's nothing really happening. Like, there's no extra organs. It's all, like, a normal, like, system in there. And Lang is absolutely, like, beside himself and Mm -hmm. goes to sit outside. He's upset by what's happened. The life form technicians come out and he's talking about how this was her message to me. She did this, uh, Mm -hmm. talking about uh, Juna. Um they proceed to kill him with power drills and kick his body down the stairs um leave him there give him a nudge and then they skip away like little so all of this
1: all of this new tech and they're killing people <laughs> with drills is yeah my favorite. I love it
0: <laughs> <laughs> They could have used anything Yep drills I love That's it
1: Perfect And yeah uh, they're
0: so whimsical when they do it yeah. right
1: they just like skip uh, skip away they're like oh we did it la 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 Bye
0: like yeah little sociopaths off you go um later tensor meets with cope and tensor is furious that someone had destroyed what was going on with brecken's digestive system and cope discloses that they had someone on the inside working to ruin their performance and to stop everyone from finding out Mm -hmm. about this human evolution uh it's disclosed that it was Timlin who is the one that tattooed the organs of Brecken. And Tenser is infuriated because he said it was a hack job. It was horrible. It was terrible. Um, He believes that Lang really had this great cause and something to believe in and had a really powerful message to help with everything that is going on in their society at this point in time. And Cope, you know, makes a comment about how he's been converted um and kind of like has had his mind changed about everything that's going on and so yeah it all accumulates that basically everyone was in on it except tensor
1: yeah it's fascinating how that yeah. all shakes out and i think that those are details i missed in the first watch uh and yeah me too. this time around i was like oh okay some of these like espionage kind of plot lines that are going on actually make a little bit more sense when i did just sit there and like pause and like pay attention to all of the dialogue that was coming up but um it is really funny that he suggests early on that they do these old school tattoos and then it's that's what she does to Brecken's body and you're like oh was this like your creepy like love letter to tensor in some way like the girl is like really hooked on on tensor so yeah
0: so like even though there are parts where timlin shows this capacity to be the future of this new sex and moving forward she's actually the one holding the reins and stopping it from happening and that's just so crazy
1: yeah which i mean is you know another thing with like so many like bureaucrats and politicians where it's like they oftentimes have these messages and then on the inside are actually like doing all of this creepy stuff or like things that go against what they're saying. Um, And you're like, oh, okay. Like, I see you.
0: I see what's going on here. Yeah. And because I did write about the representation of these different characters, but didn't write about the end of the film because I was still struggling with how everything came together until I rewatched it. And Mm -hmm. so I did write about how Tensa represents the old and Timlin and these other performance artists were representing progress at that point. But yeah. I didn't include that it was all contradictory at the end because I still was struggling with the end, mm-hmm. and I didn't—I don't even think I mentioned the end in in yeah. my piece at all. So I was like, I'm going to leave and, that bit out because I don't understand. Just so
1: yet. she's so interesting too because I think there is a genuine interest in some of the things that are going on. But yeah. I don't know maybe that's also like part of her like weird like perverted kind of kink of like yeah. oh i'm actually like on the inside like doing all this these things against this but like i also kind of want to know what it's about and i kind yeah. of want to experience some of this for myself um so it's like also like kind of voyeuristic uh for oh her, yeah the way that she is acting
0: even the way she creeps around at the performances yeah is very voyeuristic yeah to And we actually
1: never see her do anything extreme to herself or her body, even though she's always like, yeah, I want you to cut me up. Like, she doesn't actually do anything. And then the first thing she does is kiss him, which he is like, that's not what I'm into. Like,
0: (laughs) That's uh, that's very different to what you're saying you're into. Uh, Yes. I'm confused.
1: (laughs) Yeah, she's, uh, she's another very fascinating character, especially on Rewatch.
0: Yeah, yeah, she's very... I kind of liked her the first time, and then the second time around, I was like, you're really creepy.
1: Yeah. Like, you're a massive creep. She's a
0: weirdo. Yeah. (laughs) Um, During the night, Caprice discovers that Tensa has fallen out of his bed and is in severe pain. She crawls to him and lies on the floor next to him, asking him what physical pain feels like. And he says to her, it becomes a part of the dreaming and mixes with the emotional pain. And she says, you know what's funny? I thought I could feel it myself which I found fascinating because she does Mm -hmm. have like that reaction while she's sleeping that she looks like she's like in excruciating pain, but then wakes up fine.
1: Yeah. It's like, I'm thinking about like when I I got COVID like two years ago and I lost my sense of smell for a while. And it was a thing where even though I knew I couldn't smell, I kept feeling like I could like remember the essence of smells or something. I even wonder if it was like, at one point in time, could she, did she feel pain? And that slowly went away. So it's like, does she like still have this like bodily memory of kind of like, Oh, yeah. I like, think I remember what pain felt like, but, um, Not but sure. isn't actually able to. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah.
0: yeah. I'd be terrified if I couldn't feel pain.
1: Yeah, I'd worry about scary. what would happen to me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I am a very clumsy person and I hurt Same. myself a lot. <laughs> yep. <laughs>
0: I think the bruises would be times 100. Oh, yeah. I Anytime time. I walk
1: into something, I'd be like, oh, I didn't feel that. And then That's I just fine. see like a giant bruise on my oh, arm. I'm gosh. like, oh.
0: <laughs> I have a friend that is very clumsy and always ends up with the most hectic bruises I've ever seen yeah. in my life. I'm just like, that takes up your entire shin. What are you doing? Yeah. Oh, I don't know.
1: Well, now I have a dog, so I have, like, also, like, phantom dog bruises for when he just, like, jumps on me. Oh, or yeah. Something. My
0: cat does that, and I end up with, like, paw-shaped mm-hmm. bruises on my thighs, and I'm like, oh, ah, yeah. pickles. That's a cat. Yeah. It's fine.
1: Oh, pickles.
0: <laughs> I don't even know where she is right now. Uh, yeah, sounds right. So I'm gonna go looking for her to, like, get her inside before I leave the house. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the ending scene is Tensa sitting in his eating chair, struggling to eat. He asks Caprice to give him a bar of plastic. As Caprice records him, he eats it, looking into the camera and sheds a tear. His mouth twitches Mm. into a smile as the chair finally falls quiet. End. Finn.
1: Ah, so good. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, it's interesting that we see him get to a point where he is just letting the organs kind of do what they're doing. Yeah. And that happens to be what uh seemed to happen to Brecken where he is just now kind of uh, one of these like I don't know if they would even consider them human I feel like maybe new vice and the government would probably (laughs) do some yeah they'd probably have a lot of things to say about that but yeah I and even just like him accepting it like I kind of like wonder if that like moment where he has a tear is just that like oh like I'm finally like doing what my body needed and i'm it's like feeling what it's supposed to be feeling because i'm nourishing it the way that it needs to be nourished and like what like what a relief that must feel like yeah i was gonna in, say in it's way. probably
0: a feeling of sheer relief where it's like oh yeah. my god this is what comfort feels like yeah this is yeah, what. I'm not
1: forcing it
0: yeah this is what just being me feels like yeah yeah what yeah, a movie
1: cool yeah i love it
0: I love it too. It's so good. Yeah, it's so freaking good. (laughs) I want to show it to my partner, but he'd be like, what the fuck is this?
1: (laughs) He's not into like
0: obscure horror. horror.
1: Okay, fair enough. I did
0: show him Fresh and he loved that. So, Uh, Fresh is good. Yeah. yeah. I do love that movie though. So,
1: yeah, Yeah, this is a movie that like my family will like not understand (laughs) my lovingness and be like, why did you like this movie? This was terrible. (laughs) I don't know what what you're talking about.
0: Because, like, uh, my partner's watched heaps of, like, Cronenberg's films, and same with, like, my dad, but not the horror films. So it's like, oh, my dad did see Crash, and he was like, what? He's like, Kat, I've seen that Crash movie. What the fuck? And I was like, "What? what? What?
1: Because I know, like, my parents used to go and, like, see movies together, and I remember, like, my mom talking about, like, re- like seeing Fli- The Fly with my dad. Oh, yeah,
0: my, like I that. think my parents have seen The Fly, yeah.
1: But then, like, I remember, like, I posted something about Crash, and my mom was like, you like this movie? And I was like, I love this movie. I fucking
0: adore <laughs> this. What do you mean, like? That and is an just, understatement.
1: <laughs> yeah, she was just like, oh, my daughter is weird. <laughs>
0: My yeah. family already know that. It's fine. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they're like, ah, that's all right. She'll be fine.
1: Yep. Yeah, they're just like, oh, we just can't talk about movies with Tori. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I try to talk to my dad about horror movies because I, I don't speak to my mum, And really? my dad's like, the last horror movie I saw. And I was like, oh, God, here we go. Oh. Actually, um, he in, he is the reason I have a vomit phobia. Everybody on the show already knows oh. this. So. Uh, so I watched The Sixth Sense when it first came out. So it would have been like 10 or 11. And that scene where Misha Barton, like, projectile vomits from under the sink, gave me a vomit phobia.
1: Ooh, okay, that's
0: it's, fair. It's the reason now why I have a, 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 yeah. a, 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 a metaphobia. Thanks, oh, Dad. No. But uh But my yeah. dad did go to the film and saw Phantasm when he was a teenager.
1: Oh, whoa.
0: Yeah, him and his friend. And then they walked home from the cinemas and they had to walk through, like a like, a block of land that had been cleared to have a new house mm-hmm. built on it. And he heard a man yell out, boy. And my dad was like, like, legged at home. He was like, oh, (laughs) fuck no. And I was like, yeah, this is just, don't worry about it, dad. It's just a mortician. He's coming to get you,
1: my dad is is very sweet, and he listens to my podcast, and does try to like watch at least some things that I talk oh, about. Oh, that's with lovely! Him. Not all of it, but uh, <laughs> and he came to visit a couple months ago, and my partner and I were just like, "We're going to see X this weekend, so you could come or not." And he came, and he liked it. Oh, he so liked I was it. Like, that's awesome. Okay,
0: cool. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's one of those films that I think non horror like watchers would still enjoy it as a horror.
1: Yeah, it's just, yeah. A, I think, a solid film all around and yeah. it's like really entertaining. I'm like, yeah, like it's about porn, but it actually was not as bad as I expected it I to be. I was expecting
0: like, like a lot more sex, and I was like, yeah. oh, okay, it's not that bad. Because sometimes I yeah. get like put off a movie if there's like too much sexual stuff going on, because I'm yeah. like, oh, this is boring. Mm-hmm. I can do this no, myself. No, the worst <laughs> movie
1: I've seen with my dad is still American Psycho, so... <laughs> <laughs> He let me rent it from Blockbuster when I was younger, and he was like, oh, I'll watch this with you. And I was like, this is not All a right. movie we should have watched together. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that movie came <laughs> out when I... What year did that movie come out?
1: Oh, it's like late 90s, right? Maybe early
0: 2000s? Yeah, because I watched it in... two thousand t- ten. you 10. Sorry, that would have been 2004 mm. I watched that.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, so, I think yeah. it was...
1: It was like, I know it was like after I saw Batman Begins, because I then really liked Christian Bale. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to watch Christian Bale stuff. And then I was like, let's Uh-oh. watch American Psycho.
0: <laughs> Bad idea. <laughs> yep. Well, um, that is, everybody, that is uh, 2022 Cronenberg's uh, Crimes of the Future. How? Fuck yeah. Go and watch it again. Yeah. I highly recommend that everybody watches the movie before they listen to the podcast. Some people don't. They just like to get the rundown from someone yeah. else. But it, um, it's a great movie.
1: Yeah, and even if people I feel like didn't like it necessarily, I think there's so many interesting, like intrinsically Cronenberg ideas and themes here oh, yeah. that I think it's definitely worth a rewatch just to kind of like really pay attention to some of those things. But, but that's just me. I am obsessed with Cronenberg. He can almost <laughs> do no wrong for me. So,
0: yeah. I mean, like the only things he's done wrong by me is like Crash. <laughs> <laughs> like most of that movie he just really messed with me so it's still a good yeah. movie I'm yeah. just like oh man <laughs>
1: yeah it's it's messed up yeah
0: <laughs> I had a friend introduce it to me he brought it over and he's like hey we should watch this and I thought it was like some other movie uh there wasn't
1: yeah because yeah, then there's also like the crash that like won like a bunch of With Ryan Philippine. Is it
0: Ryan Philippine yeah, in it? I so. Yeah. I thought it was that movie. It wasn't. I was like, why are you doing this? I actually
1: just just pulled out my earphones
0: for oh part of that. <laughs> that excited about it. <laughs> 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 Alright, so to wrap up the show, my question for you is what is the last horror movie that you watched?
1: what is the last horror movie that i watched well right before we started recording i was watching itchy the killer but i haven't finished <laughs> it yet so i don't oh, think um, that counts i think
0: i saw you post about that or was it you or maybe someone else has watched it recently
1: yeah i i started it and i think i have like 40 minutes left um so the last movie i finished was glorious uh which
0: oh yes
1: will be on I'm shutter watch i think that. in a week or so
0: uh the 14th um, i think
1: yeah um i loved it i i really do like cosmic horror uh and i know like lovecraft is a problematic person and he should be because he is uh he did not have a lot of good yeah he's a racist (laughs) he had lots of terrible ideas but i do love seeing a lot of like women and bipoc filmmakers taking on like those like a, I must say Cronenberg, uh, the Lovecraft like cosmic horror ideas and really yeah. making it their own. And I do think that Lovecraft would roll in his grave knowing that this movie is about a cosmic monster that is talking out of a glory, a glory hole and a men's stall. <laughs> uh, and that that makes me happy.
0: I love it. I can't wait. I'm going to watch it either today or tomorrow because uh, yeah. I'm going to review it. But um, I am a big fan of Re- uh, Rebecca McAndrew, so I'm She's yeah, so cool. I'm so keen yeah. to to watch it. So.
1: Yeah, it's, it's awesome. a lot of fun, and it's got like a pretty like fascinating twist. Uh, okay.
0: Yeah. All right. I've also got SoVam, and um, oh yeah, which looks really cool, like a little bit of a vampire film, I think it is. From yeah, what I, I saw
1: it um, for Salem Horror Fest last year, yeah. and really liked it. Um, nice. Yeah, there's like a lot of like cool drag performances. And yeah, like, that's yeah, why I want to watch it because like, like, I was like,
0: yeah. I need to see all this,
1: please. Yeah, very good.
0: Which will also be on Shadow this month, so.
1: Oh, nice! I think, yeah. or
0: maybe next month. I'm not too sure.
1: Yeah, I remember they made an announcement recently, but I forget when.
0: Yeah, and I I just finished watching The Sandman, which was uh, came to Netflix oh. this week, Friday, yesterday, today for you. Like it was it? like midnight. I loved it, so I love anything that like Neil Gaiman adaptations. So it was really cool.
1: Oh, awesome. Because it's been a while since I read Sandman, but I did really like
0: the series. Yeah, my partner loves the series. And so he's like, I'm going to watch the show. (laughs) Oh, awesome. Hopefully he does. (laughs) Uh, So where can listeners find you and your work and your podcast?
1: Yeah, um so I am the Neon Banshee at Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, you can find my writing at Moviejohn. Uh and then I also have like my own blog, torypotenza.com, which I swear I'm gonna put more original <laughs> content on. Uh, and I will find the time for it uh, and then yeah I'm going to be in volume two of Hero Scream which will be coming Yay. out later this year October I'm so, excited about. so yeah, the
0: cover is currently being sketched up at the moment Ooh. so soon it'll be available for pre-order hopefully so once I get that so cover fun. I'll put it up for pre-order I'm so excited
1: <laughs> oh I am so thrilled uh, to be a part of the team and get to get to meet all of you through it yeah. so this has been very great
0: I know how cool is it like just making a whole bunch of friends
1: Oh, it's awesome I know everyone's like oh don't join, join Twitter it's terrible and I was um, like I'm having a great time on I Twitter right now I don't know now.
0: what Twitter you're in but I'm doing just yeah. fine thanks yeah I'm like I
1: like my Twitter is like on point it's great
0: <laughs> you're, you're in the wrong Twitter my friend yeah you're not doing it right well thank you so much for joining me it's been an yeah. absolute pleasure this has been so great We'll we'll have to do it again soon. Maybe we can talk about For crash.
1: Sure. Ooh, yes, I will always talk about crash.
0: And <laughs> uh, thank you, listeners. If you enjoy the podcast, please remember to leave a rating review where you listen to your podcast to catch the latest from me. You can find me on Twitter at Catstead or on Instagram at Hear Us Cat. To see all the latest from the podcast, follow the show on Twitter at T G I F Pod. You've been listening to TGIF. See you next Friday. And stop.